0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the podcast. I am Daniel Day, your host. She is Ann Byler. How are you today, Ann?
1: I'm doing great, Daniel, and thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your podcast. I'm looking forward to our conversation.
0: Yes, it's very exciting. And uh, as we get started, I would like for you to open us up with a quick word of prayer, please.
1: Sure. Father in heaven, we are so grateful. Um, For this day, for you made this day for all of us to enjoy. And we ask, Lord, that right now as we um, share our story and as we interview, that uh, all of the listeners would, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would open the heart of the the listeners. And for those who need a good word, who need encouragement, who who, uh, right now are discouraged and um, just simply feel like they've lost it all. I pray, Father, in this uh, next 45 minutes, that Holy Spirit, that you will... Um, Speak clearly to those who need to be encouraged today. We ask this in Jesus' name, and may you be glorified. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. For those of you just joining us, we are with Ann Byler, the founder of Auntie Ann's, the most successful pretzel franchise in American history, and uh, with many, many hundreds of locations around the country. And... uh, fattening people's hips all around the world hallelujah (laughs) hey we're here to have some fun uh we are are having a lot of fun today as we think about the days gone by when when we could actually eat those without worry but now we continue to eat them but with a little more trepidation
1: right well you know there's a line i love to say about this daniel people say look at me look the pretzels have made me gain weight or they blame me for this and i'm like you know what uh what I like to, how, how I respond to that is a pretzel a day rolls the fat away. You know, you know, we're gullible when it comes to marketing. We just believe what everyone tells us. So I'm just saying, uh, maybe you, you know, one a day would probably be okay. And maybe well, it that'll roll sounds, the fat away.
0: <laughs> it just sounds to me like you guys put your own twist on your marketing.
1: Yes, we do. <laughs> Just like the pretzel. <laughs>
0: yeah, twisting like the, tr- the pretzel. Oh, man. Well, anyway, uh, Anne, we are really grateful to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for your time.
1: It's my pleasure, and you're welcome.
0: Yes. Uh, today, we are talking about transparency in leadership. Transparency in leadership. And I know this is a topic that is uh, very near and dear to your heart. And as an entrepreneur, Um, you've had to overcome things, not only in business, but also personally, and you've gone through a lot as I read your testimony and watched your videos, which have literally touched millions and millions of people's lives. Um, I became overwhelmed with all that you have overcome and how transparent you are when you share your testimony. Mm -hmm. It is a true gift that you've given to anyone who listens. And for that, I'm grateful. So I know this is a topic that's really near and dear to your heart. So let's begin by simply defining what you mean when you hear the term transparency in leadership.
1: Well, it's my own life's experiences, Daniel, that have really made that crystal clear to me, what that means to me, but let me just start by uh, quoting a verse in First John, I believe it's in First John four, no, First John one, maybe verse seven. And uh, th- this verse covers every area of your life, and it simply says that if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. I like to say then we connect one with another, and as we do that, the blood of Christ cleanses us. From all sin. Um, I think that's a beautiful picture of transparency. And to live in that kind of light simply means I don't have any secrets. Uh, It means that I can connect with those that I'm with, whether I'm at home, whether I'm in the church, whether I'm at work, uh, whatever my job is. If I walk in the light as he is in the light, this is so powerful. Because I feel like so often we, wherever we go, uh, at work, at home, at work, at play, at school, wherever it is, we we feel like we have to pretend like we have to put on a facade, like and, and it's most times it's because we we really don't want people to know us. Mm. so but I believe that I love a line that Dr. Richard Dobbins says. Uh, alone we die, connected we live. So when we live this lifestyle being uh, pretentious, um, we begin to slowly but surely, we isolate uh, ourselves and we go away from people. And that creates uh, a huge disconnect. And then the question for me was, well, how, um, how is it that he is walking, he is in the light? And how do we walk in the light? As he is in the light. Mm. And I don't have a really quick answer for that because it's been years of learning for me, Daniel. Um, How do I walk in the light in the workplace? How do I do this well? And, you know, I stumbled uh, over that sometimes and, and because of my history and, Um, the things that I've experienced in my life. I grew up in the Amish background uh, culture and uh, then eventually Amish Mennonite or black car Amish. So I grew up in a very conservative um, culture and was taught um, all the good things about the Bible and the Bible stories about who God is. And I believe that um, life is good. And if I keep all of the 10 commandments, then God will bless me. And my life story then went from this believing that life is good to understanding that life is hard and God is good. Mm -hmm. I thought that God was harsh and life was good. So I was confused. So in that place of um, trauma where we experienced the the death of our 19-month-old daughter and five months later, um, I went for help to my, uh, to my pastor because I was completely emotionally confused and spiritually sick every day and uh, the loss and the grief. I, I truly did not know what to do with it. And I thought, well, I must have been a bad girl or why did God let this happen to me? I mean, I was, I was doing everything just right. I thought I was a good girl, but what happened? I didn't understand the trauma and tragedies in life and that God's children were, were not exempt from that. And so that, the, the trauma of that, and then the abuse of pastor, which lasted almost seven years, um, abuse of every kind, still going to church every Sunday and, and living the, the wow, well, um, trying to live the good life and pretending everything as well, uh, took me into a very, very, very dark place in my life to the point of um, suicidal thoughts, uh, plans to commit suicide in my life because there was really no hope. So I'm telling you all that to help the listeners understand um, this powerful truth in the word of God that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we're connected one with another. And uh, so that's probably a a long answer to your very short question, but I feel like the foundation of many of us experience what I experienced, disappointments. Um, shame, pain, blame, and shame, guilt um, to where we can barely breathe. And um, I know I'm not alone, and I know there's many people out there with, uh, experiencing this right now, today. And so when I think about uh, transparency in leadership, um, I feel like um, it gives us the, the power to truly be who God wants us to be. From the very beginning, he wants us to live in freedom and to walk in freedom, but we get tripped up, so then we begin this lifestyle of secrets and pretending. So in the workplace as a leader, and I feel like whether you're a, a secular business leader or a Christian, this concept is, is powerful because it, it sets you free to be all that God wants you to be when we pretend it it's um, it it's like a, a noose around your neck it takes energy to pretend to be something that you're not um, and so I believe as a leader it really diminishes what you can actually do for God because you're spending so much time trying to cover your tracks um and trying to be who you really aren't, that at one point Daniel I completely crashed and burned because I was trying to keep my past in the past. I didn't want anyone in the workplace to know who I really was, and um, so it it totally drained me of my energy and I almost lost it all.
0: Oh my word! Thank you for sharing that. It really sets us up to have a very, very good conversation. You said something a moment ago that I'd like to ask you to to respond to, if you would. You used the word pretension. And I think almost everything about our society today
1: mm.
0: revolves around projecting an image of our desired reality and it fights against the biblical principle of the healing we can receive when we're transparent and we confess one unto another and so forth. Do you think that our culture is fighting against this, and how might we overcome the temptation to get in that cultural wave of pretension?
1: how can we overcome that you know my simple answer to that is we don't know what we don't know and so i believe that society today and the culture that in which we live is inundated with so much negativity um at some point it's 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 like um we, we believe our own lies, and I can speak to that out of my own experience. This is not a judgment or a criticism. It's my own experience. So we believe our own lies, and we honestly don't know truth from fact. Right. We don't know that there is a better way. Um, I, I just feel like as a, as a culture, and maybe even um, bringing it more into the body of Christ, I feel like that we have believed um, so many of the lies about um, trying to be someone that we're not, um, living up to someone else's standards, and comparing myself to uh, the models in in Hollywood or comparing myself to another business leader or another woman that's very, very successful or someone in the church that's that's amazing and and they seem to have all the gifts and talents. And you, Daniel, we we spend so much time. Um, comparing ourselves to each other, which is such a false reality of who we are. Yeah. We we forget the truth that God created each one of us for a very specific purpose. My purpose is not your purpose. (laughs) Your purpose is not the same as your pastor or the people in your congregation or, or the people that you work with. And, and we spend so much time comparing ourselves with each other that we are rendered completely. Uh, we are not effective at all. Right. Because we're so concerned about being like someone else. And the truth is, I can't be like you. Uh, the truth is, I can't be like her, uh, the, the, the woman that is beautiful and that, that has it all together. And all the time we're wishing to be like them, we're wasting our energy and we're losing ourselves. And w- when I woke up one day uh, with that, that struggle was real for me. Um, I had overcome the past. I should say, I-, I had made great strides in overcoming the past. And then we started the company, Auntie Anne's. But at some point in the life of Auntie Anne's, I, I felt so inadequate. I grew up in the Amish culture, eighth grade education. Uh, we started the company without any capital, without a business plan, and without formal education. And suddenly, I am surrounded by people that know more than I do. They look better than I do. They have They have more money than I do. They have, I mean... They're smart business people. And I went home one day to my husband and I, I went from, I was kind of like whining. You know what we do when we're defeated? We whine. Instead of being honest, we whine and complain and we blame. And so I went home one day and I said to my husband, I'm, I'm done. I, you know, I can't be, I just can't be who everybody thinks I should be. I'm just me. I'm just Ann Byler. I mean, I'm not educated. I don't have uh, a lot of business sense. And I was feeling completely defeated. And he said to me that day, "Hun, just be who God made you. There's no one else in the whole wide world that he called to be Auntie Anne. And apparently, you're qualified, or he would never have called you. He said, just stop complaining about it. And be who God made you. Wow, I mean, that sounds so simple. <laughs> but at the time, it was almost, it was a revelation to me. Like, wow, it was, it was a relief. Oh, okay. I don't have to be like anyone else. But what that did to me, Daniel, is it made me determined, fiercely determined, to be the very best that Ann byler could be. Amen. And that began to set me free to become all that God wanted me to be in the moment. Am I all that he wants me to be? To? We're, we're on the journey. But in that time, during that time, I began to feel confident in who God I went to. I went to all kinds of seminars. I went to all I read so many books on leadership. I was like, I, I self-taught myself right. along with experiencing business. And God gave me a verse at that time, that is my life verse now, Psalm 32, verse 8. He said to me, I'll instruct you. Mm. I'll teach you in the way that you should go, and I'll counsel you with my eye. And let me tell you something. If we believe that God is with us, that God has called us, then we need to believe his promise to me to us and take him at his word and i had a an artist a friend of mine uh, do a drawing with me it was like a 36 by 48 drawing she did of me sitting on my one side of the desk and jesus sitting on the other side and i had that verse in plain sight every day i went into my office hanging on the wall with that uh with that beautiful picture And I never forgot that he said, I will instruct you. And the beauty of all of that, Daniel, is that not only did he instruct me, but he walked with me every step of the way. I just believe that many times we're in this world and we know we're not supposed to be of it. Yeah. But we don't know how to separate. How can I do that? Mm. I am in this world. I'm doing business in this world, but I'm not of it. Right. How do I do that? And that really became my journey.
0: You know, you're really modeling for us the topic so well. Authenticity in leadership and transparency in leadership. You've opened up to us. uh, I know you could tell so much more with with your testimony. I mean, this is just the bullet point version, really. But you've modeled for us an openness and, quite frankly, a freedom that comes from a willingness to share some of the darker times of your life. Transparency a few years ago started becoming very in vogue, I think, and people started kind of sharing things from platforms, be it a TED Talk or be it a business uh, conference or a, a church service or a church conference of some kind. And people started opening up and started being transparent. It became in vogue.
1: Absolutely. And and
0: and, and in some cases, the transparency actually got awkward. Um, it got, you know, maybe you didn't have to go as far as you did. Or, or it just sometimes it just kind of felt like the transparency was being shown for transparency's sake. It didn't yes. feel redemptive in value. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like for you to help us. Um, is it possible, number one, for a leader to be too vulnerable? And how can we tell where that line is? You know, We don't want to cross the line into non-redemptive territory. We want our transparency, our authenticity to elevate people and help people. And sometimes if the story becomes too much about just transparency for transparency's sake, mm-hmm. we struggle to find the redemptive value in the story. So, Help us to understand hmm. when is vulnerability too much and, and how can we discern where that line is?
1: Well, Daniel, these are fantastic uh, questions and every single one is uh, at least 45 minutes. So <laughs> well, I'll do my best to speak um, directly to that. And um, I find that most times I can answer those kind of questions um, through my own experiences that I truly experienced as a leader in business and someone who went from um, trying to hide to living in the light. And that was actually, I mean, a transition for me. So let me, uh, so can you be too vulnerable? First of all, I think that we need to be wise as, uh, wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I think that means you got to learn how to talk. You got to learn how to be mature with your speech. Mm -hmm. You got to understand that you can't say everything to everyone and you need to hone into each individual person in your company. Like, um, um, for example, um, so we had many employees and as I became more vulnerable and more transparent, um, I would uh, talk about certain things at all of our all employee meetings on a monthly basis, or I would write in our article, uh, we had a uh, magazine called the Rising Times. And um, so there was always inspirational um, thoughts uh, that I would write about in, in the Rising Times and also at our meetings. And um, I knew what was going on in my life. And even after uh, becoming more transparent, there was things that I really didn't ever share with anyone. But there was always, I had an assistant that knew everything about me. And the reason it was so, the reason I did that was because I knew that she would keep me uh, vulnerable and she would also understand my weak spots and she would help me stay on, on a healthy path of transparency. And as the employees found out about my story slowly but surely, um, I would share pieces of my story. Um, but, but it took me a long time to get to that point, but as I'm learning to be vulnerable and as I'm learning to know, indi- uh, employees individually, and I'm, I made my rounds every Monday morning to meet and talk to all of my employees as long as I could. And when we had too many employees, it would take me two Monday mornings to get around. And then, and then there was three Monday mornings, but I wanted to know my people and, uh, in the course of, of that time, there was one of our, two of our employees um, ended up in having an affair, and um, um, so as a management team, um, we got together. But, but the reason I found out about that is because the employee came to me and told me about it, and she told me because I was transparent. Um, And she knew that I understood her situation and she told me about it. Um, And I had an open door policy because I believe that when it's really important, employees want to connect with you, the boss, the owner, the leader, the department head, whoever you are, it's important to hear your people out and to, um, to, to, to know them and so that they're comfortable enough coming to you. And that was my policy. And so when she came to me, I just went to the management team and we had a a couple of meetings about what do we do with this couple? They were in in the same department and all of the management team felt like we needed to let them go. And I said, guys, no. And I shared with them my story and how that, you know, uh, I believe that there is redemption available to everyone. And in the workplace at this time, these employees had been with us for a number of years. And I said, they're too valuable to let go and when do we extend grace in the workplace again be wise as a serpent harmless as a dove i just feel like it takes a lot of wisdom it takes time it takes you have to think through all of this so we ended up keeping both of them and we um, put one of them in another department so that they were not working closely together and saved both of them in that process the man kept his family together, very successful today, and she went on to become uh, do another career in another company uh, many years later. I, ju- I just believe that it, you know if it's all about hype, you know, and just you just want to share, you to be transparent about this stuff you did yesterday or how it went when you were out sitting at the bar or or how great you are at church. And what you're doing just talking about all your great successes that to me is not vulnerability vulnerability and transparency is being real about who you are and it's being real about how you feel it's being real about um, you know hey I'm sorry Um, I didn't do the right thing being quick um, to say I'm sorry and go back and make apologies so there's a whole lot involved in the question that you ask, <laughs> can we be too vulnerable? Uh, but, but let me just end by saying, I never, I never reaped bad consequences for being too vulnerable. Yeah. Because I feel like along the way, Holy Spirit inside of us teaches us how to live, how to be um, transparent. In the workplace, in our homes, in our communities, and I feel like it 's such a huge subject and honestly, it frustrates me sometimes because so many of us are not living there, yeah, because we 're afraid um, to to be transparent, and let me just say. Once you're transparent, I went from nearly wanting to take my life and never wanting to say a word about it to anyone. I vowed I would never tell to here I am today. And I'm willing, you know, I think it takes humility. We don't want to admit that we were wrong. We don't want to admit that we're ashamed and that we don't have life together. But listen, Daniel, who do you know that has their life together, perfectly together? Right. None of us do. Right. So being vulnerable just and transparent has so many benefits to it and when your employees when your family when your church friends and all your friends know that you're transparent guess what they're going to come to you and they will confide in you and you you can begin then to help them open up and teach them how to be transparent.
0: I'm sure that we can use the example you used earlier with regards to this couple uh that you helped and There was risk involved there, no doubt. And um, so, but you stepped out and and you took a risk and you chose to have faith in your fellow man. So let's talk about risks. Uh, I think this will be a good way to conclude the talk. What are the risks of openness? And then the flip side of the coin is, what are the risks of not being open? Uh, What are the risks of being open? And then what are the risks of not being open? As you just articulated a moment ago, you've never regretted being open. You've never regretted the vulnerability. You've never regretted being authentic. It created that open door policy, which created a safe space at the workplace for this lady to feel comfortable enough to come and talk to you. And as a result, you rewarded her uh, efforts towards you uh, she moved in towards you. You moved in towards her, and you found a way to help. That was risky
1: that's connected yes
0: it was it was, it was risky. Yes. Um, but there' was probably risks involved with with not being open as well. So talk to us a little bit about that.
1: well, being a leader um, is it's not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Being a leader is not uh, all about all the perks and money and fame. That's really not what it's about. (laughs) Being a leader is really about serving your people and, as I mentioned, being in tune with your employees. Um, So the risk of being open as a leader um, is that you will be probably, maybe, misunderstood. Um, and there may be um, times when you want to be it, being vulnerable and transparent. It covers a huge gamut of things and issues, and uh, that that we deal with in the workplace, at homes, and at churches as well. So, in the workplace, as a leader, the risk for me was: uh, Am I going to be understood? Is the team going to come on board? Um, What happens when other people in the company, they talk, you know, employees talk, it's, you can't keep them from doing that. It's probably healthy in many ways. They chat at the, at the water fountain. Um, I guess that was in the old days, right? (laughs) Nowadays we were at home when we uh, with, with COVID, but there was a lot of chit chat in the workplace. And so, so the, the risk is that when you do these kind of things uh, you, you do the, you take the bold action of being transparent and you pray that you do it well and that it benefits uh, the, the ones who are being, who are in trouble and who have lived that secret. Uh, Nobody knew about that. So you're bringing out the truth about two people that no one knew about what they were engaged in. Um, I, I I feel like the risk is um, of being open. Uh, you 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 have to think about how you want to do that. And f- there was there was a model that I used, and one was if somebody the way we resolved issues, and in this case, same thing is what we did. Um, you hear about the situation. It comes to you. You hear the issue. And then that's step number one. Number two is you, you gather facts. You, you, you find out both sides of the story. And then number three, you wait, you just sit with it a while and you pray and you ask God, how do you want me to manage this? And, and then number four, Um, I often, very often went with my gut reaction. So I know that that we're not really talking about the gut reaction all this right now. We're talking about the risk of being vulnerable and open. But that was what I used um, in order to um, be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, and take that issue and expose it to the management team Let them know this is not a public, you know, be sure that we give the right instructions when you're taking that risk so that you have minimal damage. Um, I think that very often uh, when we take risks, we just kind of shoot from the hip. Uh, We say what we think and we're mad and we're upset and we're just, we can't believe this. Well, as a leader in a, in a business or a church or any organization, uh, everything can happen under your watch. Anything can happen. So never be surprised and be prepared to deal with the reality and do it in a way that benefits uh, the people and the company as well, without harming too many people. So there is a risk involved. Uh, the risk of not uh, being transparent is far greater to me. If we would have let the couple go like uh, like some people really felt like we just need to fire both of them right on the spot, boom, just like that. That risk uh, was too great for me. Why? Because I believe as leaders, we're there to help people. We're there to to redeem people. We give them a job. That's that's kind of that's not the most important part. But as leaders, we're there to build people up we're there to give them grace and we're there to help them become the most that they can be while they're under our watch. So the risk uh, of not being transparent in that situation would have cost me a lot. And in that situation, probably attorney fees, probably there was, there was all kinds of things that we talked about. The risk uh, of just simply letting them go and not telling anyone, not even dealing with it with them. I felt like that was, the greater risk we're in this world but we are not of it that means that we need to take the principles of the word of god and be able to apply them uh, in the workplace
0: i think about the ramifications of your decision to help that couple also had generational impact oh, and thank you. uh and and so you yes you rescued their their sources of income monetarily maybe yes. saved yourself some money with you know legal fees and so forth but think about the the kids you know at home with this father now they still have a dad at home the the marriage is intact the, the I'm just thinking you know you took a risk but you've impacted a generation of a family and so i mean look at the benefits of vulnerability even towards the you know that situation in particular has generational impact.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Let me be quick to say Daniel as well that you know when you're vulnerable and transparent it doesn't always end up like this like the story I just shared. There are times you're you know but our policy was to be open and transparent in every hire and in every fire. Whenever we fire someone let them go we're open and transparent about it and talk through the issues so that we're not attacking the person but we're transparent about the issue. So I just think to be a good leader is, is a very, um, it's a high calling. Mm -hmm. And um, if if you know that you're called of God to do this, you cannot afford to not be transparent because power and control and fame can put you on a level to where that you can actually believe that you're you're really important. Yeah. You know, like you're really important. Mm -hmm. The truth is, you're not any more important than the executive team or the people that are working in your store or the front row people or the p- people in your warehouse or the janitor in your church if we understand that as leaders that yes we have different callings we have different positions but the value uh, is god's value over all of us is equal yeah and when you see that Wow, um, it's pretty easy to be transparent.
0: Yeah, I think that what you're articulating uh, really does echo the words of Christ to his disciples when he looked at them and said, "You know, there's a way the world does leadership. <laughs> Not so with you.
1: That's right. You know, That's right.
0: what what you're gonna do is different. And what you did with that couple is different. What you modeled in your company is different. What you've been teaching us today." It's a heavenly perspective of conflict management. It's a heavenly perspective of openness and trust. It's a heavenly perspective perspective of vulnerability and authenticity. All of these things make for a great leader that people want to work with. And I wanna say thank you for sharing it with us today on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me and you're welcome. In this place of in this place of transparency, your world just gets bigger and bigger and more beautiful and more free. That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> Would you do me a favor and end us the way we be- we began and uh, close us in prayer?
1: Yes, Heavenly Father, we're just so glad that you are always with us and every moment of our uh, every moment of every day you're with us, and even on this podcast, Lord, you're here with us, and as we spoke and as we shared and Uh, on this podcast, I know that your words, Holy Spirit has taken the story. It's my story for God's glory. And I know that Holy Spirit has taken this into the hearts of those who need hope and encouragement today. So Lord, where we couldn't fill in the blanks, we ask you and Holy Spirit to just fill in the blanks, go into those places that need to be healed, that you need to just put the salve in there and encourage them today with who you are and what you want to do in their lives. And may they be open, honest, and transparent, and begin the journey and feel and sense the freedom of it all. Amen.
0: Amen. Friends, we have been with Anne Byler, one of America's top entrepreneurs and the founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels. And uh, Anne, we have just enjoyed having you on this talk today. Thank you. For those of you who've watched this entire podcast or listened to it, we have a little surprise for you. Um, we are going to be giving away some books, and uh, but before we tell you how to be involved with that, uh, and if someone wants to learn more about your ministry, your history, your story, uh, whatever uh, endeavors you're doing right now, how can people keep up with you?
1: Well, just go to auntiannebiler.com or www.antean, and uh, you're going to find uh, everything out that you need to know about where I'm at and what we're doing, podcasts and interviews and those kind of things. Uh, it's, it's all there. And um, there's so much information. Uh, it's probably more than you need, but uh, I promise you, uh, we'll let you know that way what I'm doing.
0: Okay. So here's how we're going to do this. We're going to give away three of your latest books. Thanks. And for those of you watching right now or listening, if you are among the first three people to go to the Auntie Anne website and email Anne, uh, tell her a testimony about how something she has said today has blessed you. Tell her the story. What did she say today that really blessed you? Give her a little testimony. Email it to her, and she's going to send you a free book if you're among the first three to do that. And uh, that's one way they've offered to bless our listening audience today. And we're so very grateful. So uh, email Anne a testimony and you might get one of her latest books sent to you for free. And thanks again. This has been a lot of fun.
1: You're welcome. Thank you, Daniel. I really enjoyed it as well.